New Year! That's right, it is the first Second Print Comics episode of the New Year. The first Wednesday, Second Print Wednesdays. I know it's your favorite day of the week because, well, it used to be New Comic Day on Wednesdays. Now DC messed that hole up, messed that thing all up, and now some books come out on Tuesday, some come out on Wednesday. But either way, Wednesday is the best day of the week. It's the hump day, and it's Second Print Day, and it's we're starting off the year with what is my literally I've said this so many times on the show if I could only read one comic book the rest of my entire life it would be despite our sometimes personal disagreements Eric Larson's Savage Dragon so I'm happy to back, dip back into the world of Savage Dragon today and of course to do that I do need my partner in comic book crime the rambling Remzo Martinez himself what's up Remzo you know people said that we weren't giving DC enough love and then we did a three part crisis on Infinite Earths event yeah (laughs) and then people said well what about Image and we've done two Image titles back to back we did the Max last week catching up a volume two we did volume one way back in in 2020 in the before times so it's uh it's good to give uh it's good to you know spread the love amongst the publishers and if we can make them also compete for our love I'm not complaining about that either. Yes, I'd like to point out we can absolutely be bribed if any publishers are out there and they would like us to focus more on their certain works. Um, Yeah, we accept cryptocurrency, straight up money, and um, bribes, general bribes, service service bribes of of any kind, really. Love can be bought. We last looked at Savage Dragon way back in episode three of this show, and the reason I wanted to dive in really early on Savage Dragon was because it has been my literally my favorite comic book since since this book dropped. I was just captured by it right away, and it has done nothing to dissuade me from that, despite the fact that, you know, I, I think I talked about it on the show once. Eric Larson has blocked me on Twitter. We're not going to get into the reasons why. But, you know, I guess we're not on speaking terms on Twitter. But despite that, I still like Eric Larson. I don't know if I like him as a person in person because we've never, but you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but I do appreciate his work as a writer, as an artist, as a creator. I think he's fucking stellar. And I will continue to promote his work um, despite whatever, you know, online spats <laughs> may or may not have occurred. Doesn't that kind of add to the allure? Of the whole, you know, Eric Larson persona, like, you know, if he's willing to block people on Twitter, that means that he probably is somebody who just cares so deeply about their own work and everything else that they're just like, you know, I don't need people. You still give him your money. Yeah, I still give him my money. So, yeah, I guess it works out for everybody at the end of the day. But, you know, Ramzo, it is a new year. And I'm just kind of curious. You got any uh, got any resolutions? You got any things you're looking forward to? What's what's your your 2022 outlook here? Everyone's been complaining the last couple of years that they've been so awful, and I get it. You know, all this you know pandemic, blah 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 stuff. But uh, you know, I'm trying to look, go into things with a positive note. You, you see, Mark, my goal is to use my jujitsu to bend space and time in order to rebalance the universe. But I don't know why I'm moving my hands. Nobody could see my That's hands. Part of the rebalancing process. Yeah, it's part of the rebalancing process. I'm going to I'm going to use that to make it happen. But one thing I am going to do, and I went ahead and released a Patreon episode of this a couple days ago. Uh, the Remzo rants are coming back more frequently. As many people know, I had to take a break because of moving and work and other stuff. But what we're doing is we're going to change the format a bit, so that way we're going to really double down on the things that I think make people happy, the things that people really love. We're going to be doing more recommended reading lists. We're going to do Comic Con uh, reviews. We're going to do uh, uh, film more film and TV reviews and uh, Remzo versus the MCU phase two is coming back. I love doing phase one in 2021 and each year I'm going to keep doing a phase of uh, the Marvel films about what I would change, what I didn't like, what I could 
if I could, you know, if I had like the Infinity Gauntlet and I could snap my fingers and change a plot hole in a film or recast somebody or maybe bring in or take out a character in order to make a movie better, that's what I would do. So it's basically me giving my own reimagined version of the films we all love. And uh, to really kind of kick things off, starting the week of January 13th, I'm going to be doing weekly reviews of Peacemaker on each on HBO hey Max. So get ready for that if uh, you're wanting to see whether or not John Cena can actually improve his acting. <laughs> if you can see him in the first place. I think John Cena is quite a fine actor, I have to say. I mean, for for what he's supposed to be. Like, obviously, he's not uh, Leonardo DiCaprio here. But have, have you seen Daddy's Home 2? Uh, was that the one with uh, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg? There, yeah. The originally, the original yeah, yeah. one is those two, and then the sequel adds like it adds Mel Gibson. Oh yeah, John John Cena is John the is the is the one guy's is the one kid's dad. He yeah. is Mark Wahlberg's ex wife's new guy, basically. So yeah, right. He's, he's his daughter's stepdad, essentially. Yeah, it's a quality movie. It's a quality film. I like John Cena. I just think that you know what they're trying to do is they're trying to make him into the Rock. First, he went into wrestling. Then he went into commercials. He would, he then would he, love to be The Rock because The Rock is like the most well-paid actor that exists. They're, they're trying. I mean, they're trying to do The Rock formula. Now they tried to make him kid-friendly by putting him in a bunch of like kids' movies, kind of like what they have Vin Diesel of like The Pacifier and stuff like this. Now they're trying to transition him from action hero. I'm sorry, from action movie villain to action movie hero. And they're trying to repeat that formula. I mean, I, I don't hate it. I'm just saying that, you know, it's it's very it's very visible. For sure. I mean, if he can even achieve uh, 20% of the success of Dwayne Johnson, I think he'll be pretty happy. But And he's always got oh, the yeah. ring to come back to. He can always come back to the ring. Um, he's always got that. So if you want more Remzo rants and all that stuff and all the additional shows and content we've got on Patreon, you can join us for as little as $5 a month. Patreon.com slash second print pod. What is our going into 2022? What is our next MCU show on Disney Plus? Do you know? I feel like Hawkeye just ended Hawkeye last week. Hawkeye just ended last week. Uh, which, of course, patrons can get Hawkeye recaps. Uh, I know next year we're getting Moon Knight. We're getting She-Hulk. I think we're getting Captain Marvel or not Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel. I think I think Moon Knight might actually be the next one we're getting on Disney+. Plus. I do know that they started production for Secret Invasion, which is going to be the Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury helm show. Uh, Colby Smulders is coming back for that as Maria Hill. And Don Cheadle is starting production for... Um, or Armor Wars, where he will be coming back as War Machine. So I don't know if those will come out in 2021, but I feel like uh, we're in a bit of a lull period because this will be the longest period of time since uh, since WandaVision where we've gone more than like a month and a half without a MCU-related show. I'm pretty sure we have nothing from the MCU show or movie until Multiverse of Madness. Is that right? I think so. And I wonder, I do wonder if there's a reason for that. I wonder how much that, that film is going to affect what, you know, the other series that can come out afterwards. Um, it should be interesting. Listen, man, Kevin Feige can only come out so much content within a given year. Yeah. Let, let the man get a Gatorade, have a smoke and take a nap for a bit. Yeah. Well, either way, uh, while we wait for more MCU goodness, not only will you have Remzo starting in January, checking out Peacemaker. This is all for Second Print patrons, by the way. Patreon.com slash Second Print Pod for as little as five bucks a month. You can get access to all of our bonus content. And for more, you can get so, 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 so much more. Uh, but I, uh, myself and our friend Dan Smots from the System is Down podcast, we have already begun Book of Boba Fett recaps. So between the Book of Boba Fett recaps, upcoming Peacemaker recaps, you'll have plenty of uh, of 
of recaps. <laughs> Plenty of recaps. Are you ahead. not entertained? Whether you like to watch shows and hear people talk about what you already watched, or whether you'd like to not watch those shows and hear us tell you what happened, either way, the SBC Patreon is your number one stop. That's all I got. Yeah, I had no, I had nothing there. I was just hoping you would comically transition out of that. Just put some, uh, put some explosions <laughs> in the background with an eagle. I'll, like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll some sound effects. But that being said, it is now time to dig into one of my personal favorite savage dragon stories. And as I mentioned way back in, uh, in episode three, I don't know how I did this, but I recapped, not only did I recap the savage dragon miniseries, which is three issues. Um, the, the collected volume that I read also included savage dragon issue one half. And it also included the first 21, 21 issues of the savage dragon regular series. So if you go back to episode three of this podcast, you'll hear me recap 24 and a half, I guess, as, as, as we're counting the half issue, 24 and a half issues of Savage Dragon in one gigantic audio um, splurge of nonsense. Now, I don't know. We we didn't really have our, our format down so much in those early days. We just kind of had some ideas of what we're going to talk about, started talking, and went, and went forth. But now we kind of have refined things a little bit more, and we are now self-aware enough to know that it would be folly to try to recap 24 episodes 24 episodes here i go i was doing so good i was doing so good i had a new year's resolution i was going to call issues of comics what they are which is issues i was going to call episodes of podcasts or shows what they are which is episodes and i've already i've already fallen off but anyway, I will recover. Uh, point being, we're only going to look at three issues of Savage Dragon here, and I'm going to have hand-selected one of my favorite stories. So this is a series we're going to come back to now and then. I probably won't chronologically go through all of the Savage Dragon series, but I'm going to try to pop in to some key stories, some key moments, and that's what we're going to do here today. Now, Remzo, since we last looked at Savage Dragon on episode three of this podcast over a year and a half ago, maybe not over, about a year and a half ago, you said you were interested. You said you you got the your fancy tickled about Savage Dragon. Have you have you dive dived Dovin? Have you read any more Savage Dragon since that episode? Not really anything since we've you know other than the stuff we do on the show. It's just that there's so many comics. I, I did. It's hard to know where to start. Of of all the series where it was like oh I have to continue reading the the one that definitely grabbed me was the Max. So I've I've finished the Max at this point. Um, you know, uh, in terms of a few of the other things that we caught up on, you know, I, I remember I didn't give Stormwatch like the best rating, but I wanted to continue a Stormwatch after that uh, Warren Ellis run. So I did go back and do that. But Savage Dragon. Did you go into the Authority run then? Because that ours, that Warren Ellis run leads right think, into his authority. Oh, yeah, it leads right into the Authority. Yeah. So I read the Authority because I also knew that Superman the Authority was going to be coming out by the end of 2021. You read that. You liked it. So I'm going to pick that up next because I think the graphic novel version of it comes out in about a month. I got to double check. I'm going to do it that way. I don't want to go find the single issues at my local shop. I'd, I'd call it a decent, what, what Remzo here might call a good Sunday read. Yeah, nothing to, nothing to blow you away, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I have this feeling that, and maybe I'm wrong. But call it a gut feeling, and I hope I'm wrong. I have a feeling that Savage Dragon is gonna, in its current run, is gonna take a longer break because that's how Eric Larson tends to do things. I have a feeling that within the next couple issues, he's gonna take like a five, six, seven month break. And when that happens, I wanna binge read everything so that way when I get all caught up, I don't have to worry about stuff coming out while I'm still catching up. And then I can, you know, be in the conversation with everyone else. Mm 
Yeah, uh, it's definitely a book that's it's very binge worthy. Like I've actually gone back and when we did our villains episode and uh, I, I, I chose uh, Damien Dark Lord as one of my favorite villains of all time or Damien slash Dark Lord. They're technically the same character, but kind of different versions of the character. But I lump them all into one. And when I went to, uh, to you know, do a little research, read a few of those uh, early Damien Dark Lord episodes. Damn it. Here I come again. Those early uh, Damien Dark. Have Lord. you seen a therapist about no, that? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. This is my therapy. This is you are my therapist, Ramzo. <laughs> I am not qualified, but I'll try my You're best. Not doing a great job with it either, because you have not cured no. my issue at all, or my episode. You have not cured my <laughs> issue. Or my I see episode. what you did there. Yeah. I see what you did there. All right, yeah. But anyway, I did start to do like uh, I basically ended up around Savage Dragon 100, which is kind of a turning point in the series, and I've I've been binging from that point out, and I, I'm I'm probably just gonna take this puppy all the way to the end now, because um, it's a very very bingeable series. Like I, at least for me, like I can sit down and pound, pound like seven or eight of these ep- issues out. I almost did it. Caught myself there. I can pound seven or eight of those uh, That's issues. Progress. Out. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this is one ser- one story that I wanted to go back to when I was trying to decide different various points in time. This is actually not too far away from where we left off. So if you do tumble your way through this, this two hours of me recapping 24 and a half of Savage Dragon uh, issues way back in episode three. Uh, if you get through all that, you're not going to be too far off. You'll probably have a pretty good idea of most of the characters and a lot of what's going on, but I'll do my best to recap things along the way. And we're going to be reading this, or I've already read it, but we're going to be recapping this. We read this in the Savage Dragon archives because it was um, you know something we both had access to. Of course, I own the original issues back at the, the old Connecticut vault. Um, but so because we're going through the archives and by the way you can get savage dragon archives which i I highly recommend um i as much as i like you know reading these in color these archive editions are awesome they're huge they're like 20 23 to 24 issues each and they're just they just fly by but there's no uh, there's no issue breakdowns you don't get the covers in between it's just the story straight straight up so i i kind of had to figure out where to start this so for those that want to follow along i'll tell you right now if you find the savage dragon archives volume two which is on hoopla uh, which is amazing. We're going to be starting at page 153. So for anyone that is trying to follow along or wants to follow along, this is pa- this is going to be Savage Dragon Archives, page 153 to page 218, I believe. And that covers Savage Dragon issues 29, 30, and 31. So either way, I just want to let you know all that so you know where to go, depending on if you have issues, if you have episodes, <laughs> if you have archives or whatever. Uh, but we-, we got you covered everywhere. Exactly. Uh, but we're going to get rolling right in. And we start off with in the middle of a bank heist with one of my favorite dragon villains ever. And I hesitate, I hesitate to really get into it too much because his story, he seems like this really silly villain. He's this giant ape with a brain in a bowl on his head. And his name is Brainy Ape. And he's freaking awesome. Remzo, would you like to know more about Brainy Ape? <laughs> he's not. And, and I wanted to ask about this. Did you, do you remember? And I'm, the Spawn fans might hate me if I get this wrong. Do you remember Cy Gorilla? I do, because I actually that gorilla character is in that Spawn universe book that I, I was just reading. Yeah, like he, he, like he popped up. Enemy, but also buddy sometimes or something like that, right? It depends who's who's brainwashing him and stuff like right, that. Right. I got, I got, I think it's like Cygor, Cygorilla vibes. I think Cygor. Some of those vibes. Cygor, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some vibes there. I mean, he is, he has no metallic parts, but, um, he has clearly been worked on by science. Um, would you like me to reveal his origin? You find it out later. Please reveal his origin. I'd like you to know because it really is. It's not only awesome. It's a story I would recommend. Um, it's, it's, I think it's only like, I think it's like Savage Dragon 
35, 36, somewhere around there. It's a Hellboy crossover where you find out his origin. And the reason it's, and this is another reason I really love how Eric Larson works in the, the character Hellboy. Hellboy. There's the Hellboy crossover in Savage Dragon. Like oh. we're not it's not it's not what we're gonna read today, but it is like five or six issues later on. Hellboy appears for like two episodes. Well, two now episodes. you tickled it. my fancy. Two issues. Yeah. I would recommend just continuing reading from here, honestly, if you want a good if you want a good starting off point. because uh, you'll get to that Hellboy sto- story pretty soon. And that does is the story where we have the origin of Brainy Ape revealed. Now, why is Hellboy tied into his origin? What is Hellboy's deal? Who does Hellboy hate more than anybody, Remzo? You know, the devil close. Well, that's surprise. That's probably is the accurate answer. Nazis, though. It's really not Nazis he fucking hates Nazis. He shows up. There's Nazis there. So it's very understandable. So the reason that Hellboy ends up tying into the brainy ape origin, brainy ape, brainy ape is not just the body of an ape. He is the body of an ape, but with someone else's brain in this fishbowl on his head. And in that story, it is revealed whose brain is in this fishbowl on Brainy Ape's head. And that brain is that of the one and only Adolf Hitler. Yes, Brainy Ape is fucking Hitler. <laughs> this is a genuine reaction. I almost, I almost wish we were going to read that story today uh, because it's a pretty good one. Maybe it'll be my next dragon story I do, you know, you know, a few months down the line or something. Uh, but either way, you should go read it after this. You should just continue, continue from here because it's not far along after this. I can't move about my day without obsessing over this for the next like six seven hours it's gonna be difficult for you yeah. to move on I, I agree yeah but but essentially brainy ape is a is adolf adolf hitler stuck in this ape's body turned to regular old crime <laughs> because this is what it's come to so here he is starting off uh robbing a bank and who interrupts him now i should say um when we finished that last dragon story where i recapped basically that's called the overlord saga it's that first arc of savage dragon at the end of that he does finally kill Antio- antonio Sagetti overlord and now he who is the uh the leader of the vicious circle which is basically the superpowered crime family that runs chicago in the savage dragon universe um but now since overlord's death the vicious circle has kind of scattered there's uh different characters that are they're trying to be in charge of it i believe cyberface has kind of taken the reins at this point in the story because it's a few issues later who is kind of um he was his number one guy and cyberface leads into a whole other story and we're just not going to get into it today uh but anyway there is some disarray and what happens here in this first story is Brainy Ape has kind of gone rogue. He's just doing normal crime stuff as Hitler. Hitler trapped in a gorilla's body, robbing a bank. And who shows up? One of my other favorite Savage Dragon villains named Powerhouse. And Powerhouse, Remzo, describe Powerhouse, if you could. Powerhouse is uh, what some people would consider a powerhouse. He's a powerhouse, and he is a giant chicken. <laughs> powerhouse is a giant um He's basically like if Shazam was a chicken and a villain, because we do eventually learn Powerhouse's origin, and it's kind of like it's kind of like a Shazammy type thing. Only he doesn't. Was he like struck by lightning? Because that's the vibe I get forth. from this. He's always in this chicken form. I actually forget the origin. To be honest, it, it, you get to it at some point, like hundreds of issues later. Like they give you a they give you a Powerhouse origin. But anyway, Powerhouse and Brainy Ape are like just two of my favorite random characters because at first they're these characters like Eric Larson's really good at this. He just pops characters in that like. Uh, in a big scene with a bunch of characters that then you, and you might be like, Oh, there's the big ape. What the, uh, oh, there's just a, a character that doesn't matter. But then like 20 issues later, he'll bring him back in some story and he's fucking Hitler. And, and then you're like, what? And so he really does a good job of pl- plopping in characters that seem silly and random and are silly and then making them more important later on. So ha- powerhouse here actually becomes a lot more important later on as well. Uh, but in this scene, powerhouse is showing up and he is actually stopping uh brainy ape from robbing this bank 
because Cyberface, who has basically, who has, yeah, at this point he has taken control of the vicious circle. It, he didn't authorize this, uh, this attack. Basically he's like, you didn't authorize this bank robbery. Like Cyberface is, this is the mob now and you don't do anything un- unauthorized. So you know, they have a little battle here. And eventually at the end of the day, powerhouse does end up kicking brainy apes ass. And, um, you know, it's funny. Cause like, he's just there because he's another villain just trying to not let a villain do stuff outside their little mob. But to the people in the bank, they're like, sweet, this giant chicken just saved us. Um, so they're all like, thank you, powerhouse. Thank you so much, man. He could have killed us. What can we do to repay you? And there's a, a funny line that Powerhouse says on the way out. He says, next time you eat out, next time you go out to eat, order the beef. <laughs> Man, he's like a walking Chick-fil-A billboard. Yeah, he was Chick-fil-A before. I don't even know how long Chick-fil-A has been around. He's, he's Chick-fil-A before I had ever heard of Chick-fil-A. And yeah, that's basically the campaign. He's like, just don't eat us chickens, please. It's the, it's the reverse of that, basically. Yeah, he's the reverse Chick-fil-A. Um, so yeah, so that's powerhouse that we had a giant chicken and a giant ape. And I'm glad the story started there. Cause these are like two of my favorite reoccurring ridiculous characters that Eric Larson is just so adept at creating characters that are, seem absurd are absurd, but then, then doing important things with them and interesting things with them. Um, so moving along though, uh, we see that, uh, William Johnson is talking to Savage Dragon here and, uh, basically they're doing a little recap on you know, what we've seen in the last few issues. Uh, so basically Savage Dragon told uh, Rapture, who was his girlfriend, uh, ex-prostitute, current superhero girlfriend, that um, that he couldn't marry her. He's like, like I just she she actually proposed to him. She's like, I want to marry you, and he was like, Nah, I can't do it. And then she drops from the streets. Yeah, and then she drops what bomb does she drop, Remzo? She drops the prego. She's bomb. pregnant. She drops yeah. the prego bomb. So now now that's basically where we are here. Where like where Savage Dragon wasn't ready to commit, but now he's got a baby and a baby coming on the way. Now this baby. Baby, this baby is not just any old baby. This baby, I'll just spoiler alert right now. This baby will one day grow up to be the star of this book, Savage Dragon, starring Malcolm. Malcolm. This is baby Malcolm Dragon in in uh, in Rapture's little belly right now. And what what's really cool? Yeah, his mom was literally a hoe. Yeah, his mom was, li- was literally a hoe. <laughs> Man, so yeah, the playground it, must have been rough. And interestingly enough, like in the Savage Dragon series currently, there is a comic book called Savage Dragon based on the life of first Savage Dragon. And then it it, ta- it took over to tell the life of Malcolm Dragon. So basically every issue of Savage Dragon you read, we're also supposed to think it like it is an issue of this book that exists in the Savage Dragon universe. So theoretically, like Malcolm's friends at school could go back and read Savage Dragon and be like, oh, your mom's a hoe. We read it here at issue number whatever. So must have been a tough childhood for the kid. I gotta say. Hopefully he's getting the royalties. Yeah, but uh, moving along, and also another thing, like, Dragon thought he couldn't have babies. That's one thing that the doctors told him uh, when he they first found him in that burning field, and they they, you know, they didn't know why. We, we will do a Savage Dragon origin issue one day, but we're not going to get there yet. Uh, but so he's he's thinking, like, this chick's full of shit, um, and then she, he finds this tape, this tape that's just sitting there on his desk, and he goes to play the tape, and the tape is... Ba- I'm going to read the dialogue and see what you would think of this tape. Now, the tape shows Rapture and Peter Clapton. Peter Clapton, he moonlights as a superhero star. Not really. He actually pretends to moonlight as as the superhero star because he wants people to think he's a superhero. To the it's point- that other chick who's star. No, actually, star is this guy Chris Robinson. He's just this guy on the force that that basically basically. Um, I thought I thought I thought star was a woman. No, star is not a woman. He did he did have long I got curly that hair. So confused. Now he had oh. long curly hair, which is why you probably might have thought that. No, I thought star was a was a woman who transformed into a man. No, that's Mighty Man. 
Oh, yeah. that, that's so it. Mighty that's Man it. is kind of the Shazam of, of the real Shazam of the Savage Dragon universe. So Mighty Man. Trans Sham. Instead of screaming like Shazam, she just uh, bangs her wrists together and then turns into Mighty Man. So Mighty Man in this is Anne Stevens, who's this nurse who is taking care of like, who is like taking care of the uh, the last Mighty Man, Robert Berman, I believe was his name. And a- on his deathbed, he like transferred the powers to her. So that's why she's she's Mighty Man. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. But Star is a different story. Star is basically this. So so there's this uh, like musical singer, P- Peter Clapton, musical singer. Is there another kind? There's this uh, ar- artist, Peter A Clapton, singer of music who wants people to think he is star. So star, it, but stars, not him stars. This other guy named Chris Robinson, who's actually just a cop who Peter Clapton hired. He's like, Hey, you're really good at stuff. Maybe you can pretend to be a superhero. We can pretend it's me. Uh, this is also a story that comes a little bit after this. I'm, I'm just kind of giving some, some background here on, on, on Peter Clapton. But at this point, I think the reader knows that Peter Clapton is not really star, uh, but he is this like, whatever he's this, whatever guy to the point that even when star, like star had this hair on his head, because he was supposed to be Peter, Peter Clapton. Uh, so then Star, in this battle with these villains, got all his hair burned off. So then the next day at his next concert, Peter Clapton showed up with all his hair like cut off so he could be like, so people would think he's Star, even though he denies he's Star because you're supposed to be a, you know, you're supposed to be a secret ident- identity. But it's one of those secrets where he wants you to know he's a superhero, even though he's not. <laughs> anyway. That's star. Anyway, Peter Clapton is in, um, this is a tape of Peter Clapton. Now there is like an explanation for this, but this is what Savage Dragon is seeing on this tape for the first time. And it's Peter Clapton and, um, that, that ho Ma- Ma- Malcolm's mommy, ho, uh, rapture. And they're in this room and, you know, and, and Peter Clapton's like, Oh, it's cozy in here. And she's saying, yeah, ain't it though. Listen, Clapton, if you don't want me telling anybody that you ain't star, then you got to give him something to me. Oh yeah. So she knows, she knows that he's star. And he says, is it, is it just me or is it getting a little hot in here? And she says, Oh, it's hot. all." right expected to get a lot hotter handsome i'm gonna get in your pants but good you got what i want and we ain't leaving this room till i crap and she sees the uh she's the camera and she zaps it out with her electrical powers now what would you think if you're savage dragon right now she's for the streets <laughs> i think this hoe is from the streets yeah it, it's not looking good so by, by the appearance of this tape savage dragon now believes that not only is he not the father of this child, but he believes that the father of the child is actually Peter Clapton, who he knows to be star. You can't turn a hoe into a housewife. There's so much soap opera here in Savage Dragon, but I love it. I, I absolutely love this stuff. And this this isn't really that important for this part of the story, but uh, you know, things things to know. Things to know about what's going on with the character. So we then go now to uh to the underground. Now the underground is where these kind of like freaks live. They're not really criminal freaks, they're kind of like homeless, homeless freaks, basically, that have all gathered to live in the underground. And for some reason, we're seeing um, Wildstar. He's down in the underground. Uh, now, Wildstar is a complicated character. Wildstar has many different versions, and it, there's always time travel, and they're always attached to this star. I've never really read much Wildstar, so I can't really say much more than that. But Savage Dragon had previously met Wildstar um, in the early issues, but that was not this Wildstar. This is a younger Wildstar, but I believe it is the same Wildstar, but from a different time or something. Anyway. Because comics. We'll just leave it at that. So this version of Wildstar is down in the underground and they run into this uh they run into the underground freaks and then his like Wildstar powers take over where this like starfish thing like turns him into Wildstar. And then because he's a bit of a hothead, he's a younger version of Wildstar, he goes right after Rock and and knocks him out. And because I wrote in my notes, Mickey goes right after Rock because he's an idiot. Um and that was a bad idea because because Ro- Rock is the not to be confused with Dwayne of the Rock Johnson. Uh Rock is pretty much the leader of the 
underground freaks. So this guy just shows up and knocks out their leader. Yeah, not a smart move. So now, you know, he, now Wildstar's about to be brawling with the whole with the whole underground freak movement here. Uh, meanwhile, uh, yeah, Savage Dragon is really pissed about this whole thing. And he tells William Johnson uh, and his girlfriend Rita that he's moving out. He's just going to focus on being a cop and forget all this rapture stuff because he knows this kid ain't his anyway. So he's uh, that's what he tells them. And then we go on and Horridus. Now, Horridus is this uh, freaky little freaky little spiky girl basically who's part of the freak force uh friend of savage dragon uh but she shows up and she tells rapture the dragon is moving out and he's like what he's like yeah dragon picked up his clothes and moved out he left this videotape and said it, it would explain everything and she's like oh that prick he couldn't even face me himself that bastard he's like what the hell is this and she's like he didn't even say what it was and <laughs> hordas says does this mean we can get a vcr because hordas is just like a kid basically she's like a teenager she just wants to watch tv and stuff um and then we see uh, the cops are at this are at the bank, uh, and they're describing the scene that happened earlier that we saw uh, where um, where Brainy giant is, chicken, where, where, yeah, giant where, ape, giant chicken, giant drama ape. ensues. Yeah, that's literally what the cops say. They're like, "So you're telling me a giant chicken was here?" Yeah, I guess, yeah, I thought the chicken came in before the monkey, and it leads to to this kind of silly but kind of funny sort of conversation that it was like, "Wait, was the gorilla here first, or the or the chicken, the ape, the chicken, chicken or the ape? It's a it's a who came first of the chicken or the ape basically joke that that uh, eric does here which i i enjoyed well enough for what it was um basically yeah we go back and uh la 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 rich came first the chicken or the ape just catching up on my notes here uh yes so uh savage dragon is at the station and uh he is getting changed when suddenly who shows up it is a very very angry rapture and she i don't know how she doesn't get arrested here she's holding one of the cops by the neck screaming where's dragon i'm tired of you jerks covering for each other uh and he's like no no he's he's really out on assignment he's not here so uh then and steve Stevens, who for some reason is at the uh, at the station, she's like, "Hey, I'm looking for Dragon too. Uh, there's something I need to tell him." And she knocks out Ann Stevens like straight cold. Now, Ann Stevens is Mighty Man, as we, as we discussed earlier, uh, but sh- no one knows that, so she can't turn into Mighty Man to defend herself here. She has to, you know, so that's why she gets knocked out by Rapture. And uh, yeah, basically, Rapture just gets angry and um yeah basically just says this is it and just storms off the police station never does find a dragon there but she's basically saying to hard on the way out she's like look i don't have a whole lot of choices i'll I'll just wander over to radio barn and buy some cheap ass video player so i can watch that videotape so she 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 stormed over to the station angry at him before she even watched this tape that was left for him so she doesn't even know why he left yet it's just a you know? That explains women very, very succinctly. <laughs> it really does. It really does. No offense to our wonderful, wonderful female listeners. Uh, moving on, on now, uh, basically we now, Savage Dragon has been called to confront the underground freaks. Um, and basically, uh, yeah, so he is basically Dragon and a bunch of the cops there are in the underground. And Dragon says to Wildstar, he's like, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> Wildstar, I know you. And Wildstar's like, what? I don't know you. Um, and because this version of the Wildstar hasn't met Dragon yet, even though the older version of the of of Wildstar earlier had met Dragon. Whatever. Um, so they uh, basically this leads into a melee because you know the hot um, uh, the underground freaks have a little bit of a hothead too. Radical uh, is his name, and Radical just goes after Savage Dragon, and then um, Mickey slash Wildstar, who has now sort of I guess teamed up with the underground freaks, even though he had just knocked out their leader a minute ago. He's like, look, this isn't really our fight, but I can't just sit back and let these guys get shot at. Um, so but he's basically now Wildstar has now teamed up. 
um, with the underground freaks and Wildstar jumps out and he literally takes a bullet. He takes a bullet in the fucking head from one of these cops um, that, you know, typical cops just going firing away right away. Um, so yeah, the, the, here they're freaking out and Wildstar's down and Dragon's like, shit, Wildstar's out. Like, well, I gotta, I gotta help this guy. Like, he's just, the, he's just this kid. Um, this starfish thing is stuck to him and somehow it's this costume and he's, he's trying to pull the starfish off because he doesn't, I don't think Dragon really knows what the starfish is. I don't even know what the starfish is. I just know it's what, it's what gives um, Wildstar his powers and as he's trying to help him here or he thinks he's trying to help him, um, you know, he gets attacked by this radical kid again and, and Dragon knocks him out and now, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to include this issue in this series, uh, in this in this episode here because uh, this is really just setting up the next two issues, which is the main story. But now we go to what is really a flash forward and we see Wildstar and he's, he's looking at his hands. What he's saying, like, wait, these aren't my hands. They're so thick, so hard, so old. He's like, what's happening to me? He's like, crap, I'm here again, here, wherever here is, alone. Uh, at least I'm not being attacked by some bug-eyed monster. So, so like, Wildstar is always, like, traveling through time. That's a that's a big Wildstar thing, especially when he gets, like, hurt or something happens to the star and, like, sends him through time. So as Wildstar is going through time, he sees this guy um, in this, like, suit, and he's like, I'm trying to talk to him, but I can't. I need his help. I think I'm losing my mind. My, my, oh, my, oh, my God. And he sees this guy who basically looks like a young savage dragon and he's like sheesh what the heck was that all about so i'll just tell you what that was all about right now this comes back this is episode episode this is issue 29 of savage dragon this comes back in i think episode god damn it why can't i do this i think it comes back in issue two something of savage dragon where this long wait where i mean this pays off like this kid's not even born yet and by the way savage dragon takes place in real time so like savage dragon started in 1991 it is now 2021 30 years have passed in the in the course of the book so like all the characters are are that much older any of the characters are still alive they've aged 30 years that's one that's another, another thing i really like about following this book over these years over the decades is that like it's it's real time so like characters die characters just get old like 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 normal things that happen in life that never usually don't happen in comics actually do happen in savage dragon um yeah but this scene this scene this exact scene comes back in what has to be like like 18 years later it's really amazing i don't know if if he was always planning on doing it and it makes perfect sense at that point too that's like brain man i'm sorry that's like rain man level planning right there. it really i mean i doubt he literally planned the exact moment that this would come back but i have no doubt that he did plan this to come back because this is malcolm dragon i mean this is this is absolutely malcolm dragon and this is before he's even been born in this universe and like it doesn't even feel forced like when it happens i mean i'll never forget the moment when i realized oh my god it's the it's the wild star scene it might be in the 190s i don't know i don't know exactly where it is but it's over 10 years later i mean it's it's a long time um, and yeah, and it makes perfect sense. And you're just like, Oh my God, what? And yeah. And that's just one of the reasons I love this book so much. Cause it, it, he pays things off. Like it might take a long time, but if you're a really dedicated fan and you're reading for, for decades and decades, like you get payoffs to so many little stories, so many little references. And he just, you can tell he puts so much care into servicing his fans. And this is just one instance of that. Um, like in the context of the story, you're kind of like, Oh, what the fuck was that? Then you forget about it for like 18 years. <laughs> and then you're like, Oh my God, that's right that wild star thing that made no sense 18 years ago makes perfect sense now anyway so that's just a little aside here but while this battle is going on someone else intervenes someone else shows up and it is in fact the, the dragon's arch 
Ne- nemesis. Well, one of his arch nemes- nemesis. Nemesis? Um, not Overlord. Nemesis. He's dead. Yeah, nemesis, nemesis, nemesis. Um, anyway, uh, and it is the fiend who has been haunting him and inhabiting other bodies since basically like the beginning of this series. And this time, and, and the, the problem is every time that the fiend kind of gets one up on the dragon, like something happens. Like at first, the, the body's not good enough, so dragon can defeat the body. Uh, then the fiend found the body of Debbie Harris's mom. Now, Debbie Harris is was dragon's very short-lived girlfriend who was murdered uh, when her ex-boyfriend uh, showed up at Dragon's apartment trying, meaning to shoot Dragon in the head but just shot Debbie in the head. Um, so Mrs. Harris has always resented that, obviously, and has blamed Dragon for it. So that's why this fiend creature found Debbie Harris, Debbie Harris's mom as like the perfect vessel because it had uh, it feeds off, the fiend feeds off hate and no one has more hate for Dragon than Debbie Harris's mom at this point. Um, so that's why uh, they're going after Dragon. So every time they get something happens. Like last time, I think she was about to kill Dragon, uh, but then she realized that like her daughter might be in heaven like, or no, that, that Dragon would probably go to heaven and then he'd be able to be with her daughter again. So she's like, okay, we can't kill him because then then he'll just go to heaven. So that's not going to work. Um, so this is her next attempt, the fiend's next attempt at, tr- at finally dealing with the dragon. And she comes in blazing, immediately blasts dragon's arms off. And yes, dragon now has no arms. And even having no arms, now don't worry, everybody. Dragon has a very a Wolverine-esque healing power. His arms will grow back, but it's going to take some time. He's not going to get them back right away. And even, even with all this happening, even with his arms getting blown off fighting these creatures fighting this fucking starfish guy he still has the time to crack a joke and dragon says you wouldn't shoot an unarmed man would you (laughs) it got to chuckle out of me maybe it didn't do it for you remzo but it did for me (laughs) you know some of this humor i i do really appreciate and i can tell that it's hammy but i i like it for the time i could definitely see how this is like really funny but i feel like and i'm not saying that this is the source of it i feel like a lot of other TV shows and comics and stuff have kind of copped this type of humor. It's not quite Seinfeldy, but it is a bit more, you know, meta in a way that it's it understands the silliness of the situation. Right. Yeah. It's almost like MCU humor. That's a good way to put it. It kind of embraces the silliness of the situation, makes a little reference to it, gives you a little chuckle, and we move on. Um, then the fiend continues to beat on Dragon, and then she just she takes him she takes him she takes him away and now the cops are just kind of standing there facing down these uh these underground freaks who all have superpowers and rocks like hey well uh that was your front line i'm pretty sure so maybe you better leave so the cops just take off uh and then as this issue wraps up i believe this is the end of this issue or close to it uh we see rapture watching that same tape uh where she's seemingly about to get into uh i forget what the explanation for this was but there was an explanation and it, a hoe was a hoe it, it was actually not her being a hoe at all i forget what it was it was something else um but we're not going to get to it in this so don't worry about it um meanwhile um yeah so yeah basically that is the end of this one i think because we're in the archives and not the editions i'm not exactly sure uh when the when the issues end i think that's about the end of issue 29 and i think we're about at the issue of of the at the start of uh issue 30 right now so uh we do see Wildstar. he he takes off uh he's like all right freaks it was fun <laughs> it was fun hanging out and and fighting savage dragon and traveling to the future and seeing uh, his 16 year old kid all these years later but anyway i'm gonna get out of here so good times and then we see that dragon is being held by the fiend and by some what i, I appears to be like an 
evil priest of some kind in this church. And the fiend is saying, everything seems to be in order between your spells and my power. The dragon's soul will soon rest forever in the bowels of hell. Didn't think I'd pull this one off, did you, dragon? Thought you'd get away with your crimes. Prepare to make you meet your maker, you son of a bitch. It's dying time. So dragon is tied up in chains in this old church, uh, connected to this like electrical device, and he has no arms. And um, just as he says this, they do something here uh i don't i don't i, I thought it was a priest because they're in insurance maybe he's just like an assistant guy i don't know what he is exactly but like a, like a henchman i got henchman like vibes henchman, from him yeah i guess and anyway there's a big villains zap. must offer really good 401k deals <laughs> yes the fiend does does great 401ks and uh so basically there's a zap and now dragon's body is seemingly just lifelessly there and the fiend says uh that was fun how's our boy and he says he's gone and she says oh goody let the games begin and then we I think that might have actually been the end of the issue, actually, the end of the previous issue, because now we start off and this is something this is a reoccurring scene in Savage Dragon. We start off with a big side panel showing the police station with Officer Dragon is missing in the headline. Now, this comes back like Dragon goes missing a lot. And every time Dragon goes missing, we start the next issue with this Officer Dragon is missing. And then a recap of like everything that's led up to this point, basically. Uh, But they don't know where he is. uh, And so basically they're going to go searching for Dragon or or have to accept a world where Dragon might not uh, be around anymore, as we see in some dialogue from um, from um, God damn. What is her freaking name? I'll come back to it. What is her name? Oh my God. Alex, Jesus, Alex, man, Alex is Alex, who is dragon sort of like longtime best friend slash crush. And you can see more, more instances here that, you know, Alex always has a thing for dragon. Dragon always has a thing for her, but it just never quite works out. And dragon always sees, sees her as like the backup plan. Like he breaks up with the girlfriend, goes back to Alex. Meanwhile, Alex really is the one that's actually more in love with him. So this is just more, more hints of that, that we see here. Um, Let's see. Uh, now we go right to hell where Savage Dragon has apparently been sent by this priest, evil henchman guy and the fiend. So he's just straight up there in hell. And who is he with? He's with Spawn because he's in hell and Spawn was doing stuff in hell at the same time. So they're both in hell together. Um, yeah, I'm just hanging out. And this is where like, I really, I really, this is the reason I really do enjoy, uh, this little story here. It's, it's basically the savage dragon meets God and he will be meeting God in a little bit. But during this entire sequence that he's in hell and he's dealing with like demons, he's hanging out with Spawn. He doesn't think this is real. He thinks he's dreaming. He just and didn't he, you do a Claire continues about this one? I, I did actually. Yeah. So I, I might've gotten through this in Claire continues. Yes. Very, very astute observation, Ramso. So yeah, I, I, I remember a thing in, or um, two, a thing or two sometimes. Yeah, I talked about this in uh, an abbreviated form for the old Claire Continues show, which I think is probably pretty much morphing into what Mark missed now. Um, but yeah, so here, um, yeah, but Savage Dragon doesn't take any of this seriously. Like, he just thinks he's dreaming the whole time. Uh, he sees George Burns at one point. Do you know George Burns, Ramso? Or is this before your time? He might be before your time. Uh, give me, give me a minute. Is he a singer? George Burns was Betty White before Betty White was Betty White. He was the guy who was always so old and everyone loved. He's like a really famous actor. He's in this one movie where he plays like God. <laughs> he played. I, oh, maybe that's why. I bet that's why he's in this scene because he's in a movie where he. It's very meta. And he plays this guy, this guy, this guy, this old guy in this movie that shows up and starts talking to this dude. But he's not just some old guy. He's fucking God. I forget what it's called. Good movie, though. If I can ever figure out what it's called. Anyway, that's why George Burns is here, I guess. I'm sure I'm assuming. Listen, I knew what VCRs were. Fair enough. <laughs> but I don't know what George Burns, I was about to say was, is. So 
We're gonna need a what Remzo miss where you watch George Burns movies as after we do our uh, after we do our show about Cheers. We have a lot on the docket here. Hey, I, I do love Woody Harrelson. So, <laughs> um, but we go back inside to, joke. <laughs> yeah, that is very inside. Uh, Woody Harrelson, star of Cheers. He is a star of Cheers. After a couple seasons, after Coach, um, but yeah, we go back and uh, Dragon. I mean, not Dragon. Rapture is now seeing this doctor, and this doctor's like, "Look, if you're really carrying, he, he even this doctor doesn't believe her. <laughs> He's like, look, if you're look, lady, if you're really carrying Dragon's child, you're in terrible danger. It may kill you. Dragon has superhuman strength, and his unborn child can punch a hole in normal woman. Uh, you're a few months along. The fetus is quite small, but when it starts kicking in a few weeks, it may do tr- tremendous damage to you internally. Uh, I don't even. I, this doesn't even make sense." Like, I don't think your electrical powers are going to be enough to keep this in check, Miss Jackson. As your doctor, I strongly advise you to abort the child. Can you believe that? What the hell, the doctor, doctor? Has advised her to abort the child. I thought it was funny. He's like, I don't think your electrical powers are going to help with that. Like, no shit. Yes, your electrical powers are probably not going to help a tiny superhuman fetus punching a hole through your stomach. That's right. I can actually understand this situation. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, is, is this is this doctor a specialist in superhumans? Though <laughs> I don't. I do not know. Uh, we are not going to turn this into a, an abortion conversation. But let me just say. If there were a time, there's a parallel universe where Malcolm dragon got aborted <laughs> and that's the end of the series. And then that wild star scene could never happen again. Uh, but yeah, basically she's like, yeah, you're going to die. Um, like, it, like this kid's going to kill you. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. But the worst part of this that too. is for real. <laughs> Your kid is a dragon. Uh, she says, like, I can't do I that, to. Doc. <laughs> it's like, I can't do that. But the, her reasoning is terrible. She's like, Dragon thinks it's his, and I got to show him I didn't cheat on him. So I have to see this baby through, even if it punches a fucking hole through my stomach, to prove to him that I didn't cheat on him, that it really is his baby. All That's right. base. Not because I want to save my fucking child or anything. Like, no. Because I got to prove that this is a superhuman baby uh, birthed by Savage Dragon. And she's she's kind of gone, you know, like, let's be honest. She's kind of gone nuts here. She's like, it's his baby. Look, once it's born, he'll know. He'll know it and he know we can be together again just like we're supposed to all right lady calm down uh anyway moving back to hell dragon is having so, so much more fun in hell uh, he, he literally is having fun in hell because he doesn't see this as scary because again he doesn't believe in this shit he's a total atheist so he's just having fun and he's like hey a, a, a big pit of the damned writhing in agony, agony nice touch and spawns there he's like believe what you will dragon but you're in hell and it's very real he's like okay cool and just whose lawyer were you pal <laughs> and uh, then we see Antonio Segetti the aforementioned overlord who dragon did very recently kill he says bastard I knew you'd show up here eventually. Now I can make you pay, you son of a bitch. And Dragon just says, in your dreams, old man, and knocks him the fuck away. And uh, Spawn's like, wait, wasn't Antonio Segetti that, that mafia boss? And like, because Spawn doesn't know what's going on either. He doesn't know who the overlord is or any of this stuff. Um, so I guess now, now evil henchman priest and fiend are like watching what's happening in hell through this puddle on the floor i don't really know how it works uh but that's what they're just doing. go with it just roll with it because comics and and the guy's like well maybe if you actually killed the dragon he's like you you promised the devil promised me that he'd suffer he's like yeah but we didn't actually kill him we just like sent him to hell uh he's like it might require more than a mere soul for dragon to suffer to the full extent you might have to actually kill him and again she doesn't want to actually kill him because she thinks he's going to go to heaven and be with <laughs> be with her daughter which was the whole point of this whole thing in the first place and she's 
she's kind of freaking out. She's like, God damn it, not until I'm sure that he'll burn in hell for all eternity. I won't have him go to heaven and be with my little girl. I won't have it. He's like, fine, that's it. I'm going in. If I've got to make an appeal to the devil himself, I will do it. Send me down there, old man. It's payback time. So this is more than a henchman. He seems to have the ability to send people to hell or, or whatever. So because they didn't actually kill Dragon. They just man, I wish hell. I had that power. Yeah, I could use this henchman. Oh, try finding that service on Fiverr. Anyway, so they, they go back to hell, and now Spawn is in hell, and he's call, he's like shouting out for Malabolgia. I don't know where this is supposed to take place in Spawn's timeline, but he's in hell surging for Malabolgia. And he's like, Malabolgia tricked me. Malabolgia is basically the, the version of the devil that, that granted Spawn these, this curse slash powers that he has. He's like, Malabolgia tricked me, ruined everything. Uh, I, may, I may have made a wreck of my life, but Malabolgia ruined my death. I've got to get out of here. Got to get to the Malabolgia. And Dragon's like, you know, the heat's really not all that bad. It's really the humidity that's getting to me here like 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 it doesn't matter like i just love that spawns going on this serious rant about like his it's life like you can't death. suffer in hell if you don't believe in hell it's true and it's really it's really you know it's a really a great example of how your attitude can completely alter a situation now maybe in this case it's because savage dragon just so doesn't believe in hell that he just assumes this must be a dream but he's having an absolute blast here he's naked he's having fun he's beating up overlord he's a little hot the humidity's getting to him he's making jokes about it he's having a good time and and like he just goes on this like this jokey rant and and spawn's just like shut up just shut the hell up because spawn is actually trying to do serious shit here in hell in hell um meanwhile let's see we take a little break to see uh this uh side character who's been uh he's basically been the one that has had it out the most for dragon throughout this series uh he is howard neisman and Howard Neisman, um, you know, he's like the asshole with the heart of gold. So, like, he's a total dick to dragon, a dick to everybody. But he does have a soft spot uh, for his partner uh, who's who is in this scene here. His partner is what is his dot goddamn name? I lose so many tra- lose tracks. There's so many damn damn characters here. Anyway, Phil. Right. Phil. Phil is his his, is his partner. And uh, he's like kind of there. He's just going off on a rant about dragon. He's like, I'm in trouble. I shot this this freak. I put this freak in the hospital. So, like, Neisman is one of the cops that shot shot one of these uh freaks in that last battle there and uh you know his partner's like look i got troubles my own howard uh he's like no 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 and then howard's like yeah yeah i know i know mako chewed you up real good he had been attacked by mako in a different episode different episode different issue whatever uh and 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 phil's like no man you don't get it he's like I've got AIDS and nothing seems to be working. I shouldn't laugh at AIDS. Hey now. Uh, he's like, but I'm going to die. He's like, and and this is the first time in this entire series. You actually see Howard Neisman seen as like, you see the human side of him because he's a total prick to everybody, but he actually does have sympathy for his partner, Phil here. And he's like, look, there's gotta be something here we can do here. Like they haven't tried everything. He's like, well, there may be, I've been thinking about this actually. And, uh, you know, I don't know much else to think about since I'm just sitting here dying of AIDS. So, uh, if I help you out, he's, he basically, Howard wants Phil to testify and like testify for his character like you know in this in whatever's gonna come up here this investigation over the shooting he's like fine i'll I'll help you out uh but i want you to help me out i want you to get blood from the dragon he wants to get a dragon blood infusion uh thinking that if he can get the dragon's blood uh it will uh you know the dragon's healing power will actually heal his aids and howard's like yeah but it could turn you into some kind of super freak like him and and phil where's anthony fauci yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say yeah, oh man if he got his hands on on dragon blood it would be over um <clears throat> yeah but so that's basically the subplot there again another thing this is like why i love dragon so much um this this plot point carries on for a long time and since i did spoil this in another episode you do know the dragon dies eventually and i told you how dragon died because he lost his powers 
And then in one last attempt to battle the team of Dark Lord and Mr. Glum, who, who is a character you haven't gotten to yet, um, he takes old dragon blood that they had saved and puts it in himself and turns back into dragon and has powers again and uses those powers to defeat Dark Lord and defeat Mr. Glum. And then he fucking explodes because he was still a, a human. And that, that is actually what we find out. So basically, people can like take dragon's blood, but they explode. <laughs> So, um, dope, spoiler yo. alert, Phil, things aren't going to work out great. Uh, but you know that, but this is actually, again, this is something that 20 years later is what leads directly to dragon's death. So it's just little things like that. And how, how I, I just love that. It's just, it was a very fitting way for dragon to go, um, to die by, because his own blood was too powerful for his new body that didn't, wasn't powered anymore. It's just, just one of those Eric Larson things. Um, Anyway, going back, um, yeah, Alex, Alex's boyfriend uh, breaks up with her. Uh, there's this, it's kind of a funny scene. We, we, you know, we, we went back to hell a little bit, but we had a scene where, uh, where was that scene? Did I, did I skip over that? Where is that scene? I don't know. I wrote it in my notes, so it must have happened. But anyway, we're back in hell for a while. There's a lot more battling going on in hell. And like, and it, there's really a lot of snippety, snippetiness between, um, between Spawn and Dragon. Because again, Spawn is just, I mean, Dragon's just having fun here. He's like, you know, so what are you in for? And Spawn's like, screw you. Just because I'm not kicking your ass does not mean we're friends. I made a deal with Malibogia so I could see my wife again. But he cheated me. That son of a bitch changed me. So, so damn much Wanda couldn't even recognize me. We're basically getting Spawn's origin story. Uh, and he's going on this whole rant. And, and Dragon's like... Uh, I was just trying to make conversation, dude. <laughs> it's so funny, man. I love this so much. He's like, so any idea where this uh, Malabaglia guy is hanging out? He's like, I mean, Malabugzia. Like, I guess I can help you find this guy. And then he just goes on a whole other rant in very serious Spawn style. Again, we get more of uh, Spawn's origin story. I'm not going to go into the whole thing here. Uh, but then... Um, right as they are having this little chat, the fiend does show up. She shows up in hell herself. She says, playtime is over. It's time to redefine pain. And Dragon says, well, this ought to be a hoot. Uh, this might be around where the issue ends or so. I'm not sure. It's somewhere around here. Uh, but yeah, here's that scene where Alex meets with her her boyfriend, this uh, this douchey dude. And he's basically like, he's basically telling her that, like, I, I don't think we can do this anymore. And she's just like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, great. I'm glad you're happy. I thought this was over weeks ago. So there's that oh. scene. There's always background stuff with Alex and going on because the the tease of her relationship with Dragon is is a, a constant throughout this series. She's like the hot friend that is your friend, but she's also kind of hot. She's like your hoodie. You feel comfortable around your hoodie, but you wouldn't yeah. fuck your hoodie. <laughs> that would be weird. That would indeed be weird. Yes, I would not fuck my hoodie. I will agree to that. Um, yeah, the, the fiend is now in hell. We go back to hell, and uh, the fiend has is, is got some tricks up her up her sleeve here. She's like, and again, Dragon still thinks he's dreaming. He's like, look, I'm dreaming, pal. Uh, he's like, heaven and hell are a bunch of hooey. I must have dozed off while watching some Brazilian, some brilliant expose on the 700 Club. Hell, what a load of crap. Get out of here, pal. And fiend is just had it. She is so fucking pissed. She's pissed that Dragon's in hell. She's pissed that he's having fun and not taking this at all seriously. And uh, you know, yeah, Dragon's just having to spawn. He's like, hey, if you ever get back to Earth, you know, look me up. I'll be that well-rested looking cop hanging out in Chicago. So, uh, yeah, I think I think this is the last we see of Spawn here. Uh, but now it's just the dragon with the fiend. And Dragon's like, look, I, I wish you just wise up, lady. I didn't kill Debbie. Arnold Dimple did, get it? Debbie answered the door and he shot her. I didn't answer the door. I should have answered my own door, I guess. Granted, but I didn't fucking kill her. And she's like, I'm not responsible for her death. I didn't kill Debbie. I didn't kill her. 
and he says, "I never said you did." This this actually comes back later. That that what seems to be a a a mistake of words here by the fiend. He says, "Now if you're going to attack me, get on with it. I'm tired of this routine." So the fiend does that. <laughs> she attacks him, starts ripping into dragon again, and then we see Antonio Segetti, the overlord, starting to crawl his way up, and suddenly the fiend has an idea. She resurrects Antonio Segetti as the overlord. So only a few months after the dragon finally put the overlord to bed, as we end this issue, I'm pretty sure this is where the issue actually ends. As we end this issue, we see a very disgusting looking fiend who's in her fat, fat lady form here, uh, along with a now resurrected overlord about to uh, about to take on the dragon in hell remzo what do you think so far about this little foray into hell for dragon some wild shit but there's some smart writing because you've got a lot of the other subplots going on of the other characters and while this is definitely one of those things where they could do a lot of callbacks to the other characters the fact that they that he's decided to situate the entire thing in hell um i mean it's it's hilarious and part of me you know i i, I don't like it when they bring in characters just to be there. I mean, I complained about that last week when Dragon was in that Max story. It was like, why did why did he why why was he there? I kind of feel the same way about Spawn, but at least yeah. Spawn is there more as like you know just a happy Easter egg and not like oh maybe we could do something with this, but not really. Yeah, I mean, what I like about the the inclusion of Spawn here is that like he really he was playing straight man to Dragon's like jokester here. So like I really enjoyed that the whole time Spawn is just so serious because he's dealing with some serious shit because uh, he's Spawn. And we also get a little Spawn origin story. So it's just another way. Image really did this a lot, especially in the early years, just reminding you these other characters exist, finding ways to introduce them to each other, uh, to 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 you know readers of other books and that sort of thing. So so Spawn didn't play that much of a purpose here, but it, it worked for me just as the the sort of the foil the straight man uh to dragons just you know just having a good time here um but yeah what now we head into what i believe is somewhere around the start of uh issue 31 of savage dragon uh and uh overlord basically says like oh you thought you beat me huh dragon and he goes on another rant he's like yeah i'm antonio sagetti i'm back on top and he's like and as you put it bite me because that's what dragon told us to get before he killed him he said ah bite me uh so so dragon says don't mind if i do and bites Sagetti's finger and then blows it out of his mouth through his head exploding it again <laughs> which i that's love so dope. much because that's the, like dragon again you think you're gonna get this epic battle and like eric larson does this so much like he gives you epic battles all the time but then sometimes he builds you up for an epic battle and it just ends in like a second because that's real life like in real life a lot of this stuff's gonna end with a bullet to the head so Antonio Segetti died like you, they built up this battle with, with Dragon uh, and in real life, you know, in a, like six or seven issues ago, Dragon just shows up, shoots him in the skull and it's over and that's it. And now here again, he gets resurrected. He's talking all this shit and then Dragon just bites off his finger, shoots him to the skull and kills him again. I just I just think it's so hilarious how he just like Overlord was the biggest villain for so many issues. But now once we actually get to this place where he's, you know, he's where we get to these two different times. We had a, a what seemed to be a, a final battle against Dragon and Dragon just fucking kills him in one panel each time. I just I just love it. Uh, but moving on here, uh, yeah, he, he, he just says, and stay dead and kicks him away. And Fiend is like, God damn, you bastard, you'll pay for that. And then this is when we get a little bit of like, a, we get some internal dialogue from Dragon. And, and Fiend says, you'll pay for that and for what you did to my little girl. And, and he says, and then it hit me. There was something about the way she said little girl that time. Suddenly it all became clear. She didn't say it as a mother. It was said in another way. 
and from another one and it all made sense i remember what spawn had said so they do tie spawn's appearance in it matters had said regarding his dealings with his devil and about and about the amnesia i remember the fiend's intensity as he went from host to host and how the one constant about him was his hatred for me i wondered why i wondered where it came from and with those words i knew and savage dragon says oh my god arnold arnold dimple is that you Arnold dimple? And then the fiend's like, no, Arnold. Di- What's Arnold? Who's an Arnold dimple? I don't know any Arnold dimple. And he's like, oh my God, it is you. You little fucking creep. You shot Debbie when you came after me in a jealous rage. And then you killed yourself. You went to heaven. You went to hell. Then you made a deal with the devil to come back to kick my ass. You shot her. And he's like, I didn't, I didn't kill her. I wouldn't. And now you kind of see that the fiend, there's two parts of the fiend. There's the Arnold dimple part, which is that. So basically what happened is Arnold dimple, kill Debbie Harris and then killed himself. He went to hell. That's what happens when you kill yourself. He made a deal with the devil with Malabolgia. So, t- so spawns, spawns appearance kind of ties in cause it, it helps dragon like figure out, Oh, this is, this is how it happened. So Arnold dimple made a deal with the devil to become this evil demon, the fiend. And then the devil sent the fiend back, but the fiend needed a host body. So eventually the fiend found Mrs. Harris, this host body. He was so angry at dragon, but now, now that Mrs. Harris so basically the fiend is now Arnold Dimple and Debbie Harris's mom merged, but Mrs. Harris now realizes, oh my God, you're fucking Arnold Dimple. She doesn't know that. She's like, oh my God, no, you're the one that killed my fucking daughter. And then now they're, so now they're kind of arguing within the fiend body. They're kind of fighting each other. She's like, she's like, no, I didn't kill her. Mrs. Harris. He's like, I never should have let you go without my little girl. And, and dragon is just sitting there Indian style watching this saying, man, there's never a video camera around when you really need one. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's still having a blast. He's just having a fucking weird dream. <laughs> it's so funny. Like he never breaks throughout this whole thing. No matter what happens, he's always just having fun. And at this point, yeah, so they're basically fighting each other. Dragon's happy. He's having a good time. And a fiend screams, screw the devil. What's he going to do about it? It's just not worth it. And then on the next page, who appears? It's the motherfucking devil. And a full page splash page. The devil appears now. I don't know if this is the Malabolgia devil. I feel like this could be the Mephisto. Is the Mephisto Lucifer it, the real? It looks, it looks a bit different than the Malboja we see in Spawn. It does look a bit different. So it, quite different, actually. Well, not quite different. I don't know. It's hard to say. Anyway, this is this devil, if, whether it's the same devil as Malabolgia or not. Assume this devil is a bad dude. Yeah, either way, he's a bad dude. And he shows up and he says, it's too late for regrets, Bonnie Harris. A deal is a deal. You sold your soul so that Dragon will spend the rest of eternity here in hell. And Draven just goes, just goes, cool special effects, two thumbs up. <laughs> oh man! And um, yeah, so basically, um, yeah, the devil's there, and he's like, and Dragon is still not taking this seriously, even though this giant, this giant Satan is here. He's like, I'd like to thank you all for contributing to the most vivid dream I've ever had. It was an outstanding job, really. Couldn't have been more thorough. This hell is really hellish. One question: Where did you get all those Sonny Bono records? And the devil's like, Your suffering hasn't even begun, mate. He's like, Sure, it has. Can't you get a hold of some breathments around here? Jeez, <laughs> like, I like how Dragon just doesn't take any of this seriously. He's like, and then and then. At the same time, the fiend here, this like, this isn't a dream, you idiot. Now you've really done it. <laughs> He's like, when Dragon's like, look, if this is really real and we really are in hell, then what's the problem? You called off the deal? There's no sense in you spending eternity here when the real murderer is already during time. Deal's off. Let's get out of here. The new fall season is about to start, and I just got cable hooked up. And the, the devil's like, you're not going anywhere, either of you. The deal cannot be broken. We have a contract. You signed it. Eternity begins today. And then who shows up? Talk about a deus ex machina. 
This is the ultimate deus ex machina because this is fucking God. God shows up right now on this splash, this, which is in the original version. Uh, it won't look at it like that for us on the digital, but this is actually a two page splash panel of God showing up who is of course. And like, he looks like the classic God. He's got the long hair, the long beard, the white robe. And he's like, no, my fallen friend, it doesn't dragon does not belong here. And then Satan's like, or Lucifer or whatever we're calling him, the devil. He's like, God, I won't release them. Not without a fight. And dragon's like, well, this ought to be good. And now we get a fight between God and the devil, a fist fight. Yes. A fist fight between God and the devil and Savage dragon still having fun with it. He's like, woohoo. All right, go get him. God. And the fiend, both versions of the fiend are both kind of watching on devil's like, you have no place here. Go back to your harp choir boy and kicks him right in the balls. I mean, this is this is why I love this book. You see God getting kicked in the nuts, and I love that God has nuts and can get kicked in them. I mean, it's just hilarious to me. Um, Unlike the Episcopal Church, God is a man. <laughs> yes, and um, you know, and and Dragon still just making commentary. He's like, "Look out, big guy! He's fighting dirty." Isn't that just like him? And then the Fiend. I think this is the Debbie. This might be the Arnold version of the Fiend. Yeah, he's like, "This is all your fault. None of this would have happened if not for you." He's like, "Come on, Arnold. That bit never works." He just moves out of the way. He's like, "You know, I've been meaning to ask." you what was up with debbie still being a virgin huh stud you bastard and now that pisses off the debbie's mom version of of the fiend he's like god damn it now we're really gonna get you so both fiends are are going after dragon again but he's just having fun he's like i wouldn't do that if i were you babe it seems i've got god on my side i don't think he'd take too kindly to you pounding on his favorite son uh i mean uh second favorite son (laughs) and uh yeah so he's basically just like look God's on my team. Just shut the fuck up. You don't want to fuck with me. And God says, incident whelp. How dare you deny the will of God as he knocks the devil for another wallop. He says, there's a protocol, devil. You require my consent to take this man's soul and you're not getting it. And this is when we see more like thought uh, captions here. He's like, it's starting to sink in. Her daughter is supposed to be in heaven. And if she ever wants to see her again, she's got to get out of here. Fighting me isn't going to get her anywhere. Taking sides with the devil isn't going to do it. Not with God on my side. And you can see Mrs. Harris, the Mrs. Harris version of the fiend kind of realizing this. And and Dragon just says says to her, sit tight, honey. You don't want to get in any deeper than you already are. Next page, we got a huge splash page of God knocking out the devil with a good Braca Braca Doom sound effect. And then we get a nice little victory speech from God. He says, a word to the wise devil. Make all the deals you want. Do whatever you think you must. Just remember, you owe everything to me. Your very existence is because I allow it. I made you, and if I so desire, I can destroy you. And then on the next page, we get possibly my favorite splash page of all fucking time in comics. A giant close-up of God saying, Don't fuck with God. <laughs> this is either going to be offensive to people or amazing to people. To me, it's offensive. I just, I'm just on for the ride and I'm you loving gotta it. Be here for the ride. Yes. So don't fuck with God. And dragon's like, yeah, I would listen to the guy. And, and then God's like, as for you. And this, again, this is something else that ties. This is one reason that I wanted to choose this story to look at. Cause it does tie in. There are little snippets that tie into so much Savage Dragon stuff later on. And he says, you know, man is more powerful than you know. Oh, no, I, I skipped some some dialogue here. Dragon's like, look, pal, I don't mean to seem ungrateful, but what the hell is all this? Any idiot knows that God, he puts God in quotes, was created as a way of keeping the peasants in checks. Typical atheist argument. This whole thing is some stupid dream I'm having, and I keep getting caught up in it. Man created God. Everyone knows that. 
Hades was a garbage dump and sinning was supposed to be like burning there. It's not a real place. All right. Man created God, created the devil, heaven and hell. And then God says, man is more powerful than, you know, you have realized, but a fraction of what every man is capable of. And then dragon's like, all right, tubby, touchy subject. We don't have to talk about all that. He's like, okay, let's just assume for a second that this whole bit is real. I got your ear. I'd like to make the best of it. So I got a few questions. He's he's like, don't even, he's like, no, no, I know. I know. I I wasn't even going to ask about OJ. Don't worry. (laughs) This is like a couple of years after the OJ case. (laughs) He's like, actually, I'm after some more of that, like meaning of life type stuff. He's like, well, the answer to that lies within. There is no, there is no one answer. No right answer. He's like, Jesus. Well, that was evasive. And I just love this whole conversation. That's why I'm, I'm just reading the whole dialogue now. He's like, you know, all right, then fine. Move on to religion. Wars have been fought and thousands have died for religious causes. Which one religion is the real one? Which is the right one? Can you at least answer that? And God's like, yeah, all of them and none of them are right. He's like, Jesus, come on. Really? A load of, what a load of crap. Well, okay, what happens to a guy's soul when he dies? He's like, whatever he believes happens, happens. He's like, Gee, why do I even bother? And, and, and this is where God says, upon death, everyone is filled with an overwhelming sensation, a calming, overwhelming sensation that their beliefs were right, that their path was the correct one. Everyone creates their own heaven or hell limbo or oblivion. Death is merely another step. Everyone's version of God is different and heaven is different and they're all correct. And dragon's like, you mean, you mean to tell me, and this is important. If I firmly believe that I'd spend the rest of eternity making mad, passionate love to a bevy of leggy supermodels, I get that. God says, yes. He's like, well, that takes a load off. I wonder if it's too late to instill that into the old noggin. He's like, well, it's yours to create. At this time, you're an atheist. If you continue to walk that path, your death will bring you oblivion. And Dragon's like, oh, I can live with that. Um, this ties in, you know, this line about the, le- the leggy supermodels. Again, when Dragon dies from that blood that we talked about earlier, um, we see his entrance into heaven. And what does he get to do for the rest of eternity, Ramzo? Fuck a bunch he, of supermodels. He fucks a bunch of supermodels because that's what he decided starting here. He decided to instill that belief in himself. And, and that pays off again as well. Another reason I wanted to look at this story, because it really does pay off so many things so many years later, and it's hilarious, too. Uh, meanwhile, the fiend is there, and she's like, what about me? I sold my soul to the devil to get revenge. Can my contract be broken? Like, can I go to heaven and see my little girl? What's going to happen to me? What about me? And God just looks at her and says, go to hell. <laughs> and then Debbie Harris's mom, the fiend, uh, just falls down into hell. She and did kind of have it coming. I mean, she she did kind of have it coming, you know, like, I mean, she's done enough here. And I can't really blame God for this one. Like, come on, you went a little far here. We're, we're kind of beyond the point of, of forgiveness on this one. And then Dragon just says, now what? And God says, now you return home. Your time here has passed. Follow in the path of righteousness. Believe in me and I'll be seeing you. And he says, wait, 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 just one more question. Where did I come from? Because Dragon at this point does not know Still his doesn't origin. Know. Either to the readers. And God, what a dick. He says, oh, your parents conceived you. What a fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> he he got an the answer. There is a whole thing. And we will do, I think I will at some point do the Savage Dragon origin story as its own issue. Because it's a pretty interesting one. And it ties into a modern, a more modern anyway. I think it's 10 years ago. But to me, modern. To me, modern is 10 years ago because I'm old. Uh, a more modern dragon story. Uh, then we head back to the scene of where Dragon was first zapped out in that church. There's like a blast here. And that priest guy says, Heavenly Father, I beseech you. And there's a huge explosion. And then we end the scene with, uh, we end this issue with a scene that has been seen many, many times in the history of the Savage Dragon. It is the, it's the same exact panel, basically, that started this entire thing when, when Dragon is found uh, in a burning field. 
again, he is here in a burning, what is it, a burning field, the burning, uh, the, the church. Yeah. The church, yeah, the, the the burned down church, and we see his his tiny dragon body, not his tiny dragon body, but his dragon body with the great detail of they show his tiny little regrown arms. It reminds me of like Deadpool when, when he grows the tiny legs. Uh, yeah, we see the tiny dragon arms on the dragon body, and that ends this historic. I will call it a historic for Savage Dragon historic little uh, little run here where Dragon talks to God. Boy, Remzo, did you have fun at least? This was uh, this was a roller coaster of a did story. You see why I picked this one as my next dragon story? Yeah, I'm I'm glad we kept up with it. Um, I I, I want to jump straight into the review if that's Go okay. Let's do it. I I, I want to be consistent with it because um, you know, I I've only been reading these in the black and white. I think I gave the art a seven last time. The art is the same. I mean, the art is fun, but you know, I think uh, Eric Larson. Like many artists who keep going, they get better over time. I've seen him do amazing stuff with his uh, current style. I think this is like really the gritty origins of it. But yeah, I'll give it a seven. As far as the story goes, you know, the story is just so bonkers. I put this almost on the same level as when um, Black Panther and the Fantastic Four end up on that (laughs) Skrull planet with the zombies. It's that level of crazy for sure. Yeah, it's that level of crazy. I'm. This is this is purely me. I'm gonna give the story an eight. It's just so freaking funny. You mean uh, give, no? You mean an eight? What, an eight out of ten? We, that's not how we judge things. What do we do? Oh, I'm we do sorry. Do, oh, it's it's been it's been ah uh, it's been so long. You're right. It's been seventy five episodes. Okay, I'm gonna give the artwork. I I had I had I had an issues in episodes moment. Okay, yeah, kill did. me. Um, I'm gonna give the artwork a three. And I'm going to give the story a four for a total score of seven out of 10. Okay. Um, we basically have the same thoughts, only I'm just going to be a little higher because I'm a little more partial to Eric Larson and a lot more partial to this particular story. Uh, I, the art is good. Like I, I think Eric Larson's art can be tough sometimes. I thought it was really good here. Um, and I like his art. It's not for everybody. It definitely has a very particular style, but I'm going to give it a four. I think it's like, you know, on, on the level of the Eric Larson art that I generally appreciate. Um, and then for the story, um, uh, I think this is, you know, based on the Remzo standard, like, is this good for new readers? Well, I don't know. Actually, maybe, you know, cause they, cause the one thing that Eric Larson is really good about is when he, when you're in the middle of a story and he does in a way that doesn't really, it never really feels overbearing or annoying. He's pretty good at catching you up on things. Uh, so like you could just read this and you would at least know, like the, you would at least get what happened with that, De- with Debbie and, and the fiend and, you know, spawns origin story. Like, I think you could read this having never read Savage Dragon and kind of get what's going on. I mean, you'd be a little lost or so whatever, but, um, but yeah, I'm going to give the story a four out of five as well. Uh, like it's not the best Savage Dragon story, but it's really fun. It's really damn fun. Uh, this is not Alan Moore. This is not Neil Gaiman. This is not Shakespeare, but it is really goddamn fun. Uh, no, no pun intended. And uh, I just, I just love, I mean, to me, the, the main part of the story that I love, like, yeah, I, I like the stuff with, with, um, you know, dragon talking to spawn, but the really the, the four or five pages where it's just the conversation of dragon and God, that is like some of my favorite stuff that's ever been in comics. I just, I just absolutely love it. That along with the don't fuck with God, uh, a splash page, like Sweet. I, I just t-shirt. love this. Um, some people might be offended by the portrayal of God. I call those people humorous, humorless. Um, so whatever. You know, I, I I say this as somebody who who went to Liberty University of all places. <laughs> I don't get offended by art. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the thing. Like you can like it or you can not like it, but art doesn't harm people art can make people feel different things i see this as a satire and i i do believe god has a sense of humor um while some people might not want to 
look at this. It's like, you know, that, that's your own opinion. You know, this doesn't change my uh, views on God. It's a comic book and it's supposed to be funny. If we're made in God's image, then God made our sense of humor. So he's got to have one too. That's the way I see it. And I think this is hilarious. <laughs> so I got to think he does too. Yeah. All right. Well, that is a, that brings us to, so you were a total of a seven. I was an eight. That brings us to a total SPC score of 15 out of 20. I wouldn't, that's not really in the upper echelon of like must read stories, but for my personal stance, I'm going to call this a must read because I love Savage Dragon and I love this story. And I think this is, this is just above the Sunday read. I think this is a little even better than what you might call the Sunday read. I think this is actually, I would say that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say 15 out of 20. It still gets a pretty, pretty solid SBC recommendation overall. Wouldn't you say? I agree completely. I, I mean, where else? I, I've never seen a character argue with God. Come on no, now. Neither, neither have I. Um, and, and that's one thing Eric Larson does very consistently. That's one thing Eric Larson does very consistently is he brings you things you've never seen in a comic book before. And he's continued to do that for 30 years now. And that's why, even if he blocks me on Twitter, um, I will still continue to appreciate uh, what he does as an artist. So that's that. Um, any last words, Remzo? Not last words. I assume you'll be living after after this podcast. Hey, now. <laughs> Folks, please, if you want to keep the fun going, go ahead and check out everything we're doing and join the SPC community over on Patreon, patreon.com slash secondprintpod. And if you haven't already, if you love us, if you want to go ahead and spread the love, if you got all the way here, hopefully we entertained you all that awesome stuff please a five-star rating and review on apple podcast at your google play wherever you're listening to the show helps us get into the ear holes of many more people across the globe that's all i that's all uh yeah that's all i got mark <laughs> i think that sounds like all you got that's all i got too so till next week we only have one more request that is to continue to of course read comics and change the, and world. Change the world good night america adios